Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. We've spoken about investing in markets all over the globe, from the United States and Europe to Asia, and of course here on the ASX. But we've never really spoken about investing in our closest neighbour, New Zealand. Many of the top companies on New Zealand's exchange, that's the NZX, are dual listed on the ASX, the likes of A2 Milk, Air New Zealand and Kathmandu. But the majority aren't. Now, Kiwi company Sharesies is giving everyday Aussies easy access to invest across the ditch, as well as Australian and US stocks and, of course, ETFs. The platform now has over 400,000 users and more than $1.5 billion in funds under management. Sharesies co-founder and co-CEO Leighton Roberts joins me this morning to discuss investing in the land of the long white cloud. Leighton, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Really, real pleasure to be here. Where are you based, Leighton? We're based in Wellington. I've actually just come off three months in Sydney, so I'm in a managed isolation on my return back to Wellington. So I'm in Auckland at the moment. Tell me, uh, Sharesies, is it similar to other micro-investing platforms like Raise and Comsec Pocket? It's a little bit different. So we consider ourselves somewhere in between Raise and more standard broking platforms like uh, Comsec. So we are a participant of the exchange in New Zealand. So we're clearing and trading everything. We um, In the ASX, we do our trading and clearing through CMC. So we have mm-hmm. uh, integration through there. And in the US, we use a company called DriveWealth. So what's similar about us is the access level. So with shares, you can literally invest into anything with one cent if you want. Most people don't, but technically you can. But we do offer the full range. We've got about six and a half thousand, maybe more. It sort of grows by the day options on the platform. So we define ourselves as a wealth development platform. So that's what we're built for, building up people to those wealth managers. And it's not a platform that you might graduate off. And it's not like a micro investing platform like the ones you mentioned, where it's really promoted in that early, early days and and a more passive approach, I suppose. Okay, so your core audience is potentially a retail investor who is active to some extent and has, I mean, you know, you're not talking about my 20-year-old son who invested $500 the other day. You're kind of talking about people who have bigger amounts and that type of thing. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we literally have people of all ages, but our big demographic is between 25 and 40 probably. And yeah, the, the average trade size is around $500 at a time. But we have everyone. We have people with millions of dollars in their portfolios right through to people just getting started with a few bucks for their children. Okay, so as I said here in Australia, and I probably haven't thought enough about New Zealand listed companies outside the Kathmandu's and A2 Milks and Air New Zealand's, the ones that we know locally here. Why should Australia consider listing in New Zealand? And maybe even before that, you know, tell us a little bit about the exchange. I'd imagine there's plenty of agricultural firms on it, for example. I mean, dairy, that type of thing. Yeah, the, the exchange is quite export focused, as you'd expect. And you, you've sort of said, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the larger ones do list on both the NZX and ASX. But interestingly, despite that, there's not as much involvement from Australia as you might think, or yeah. certainly what we're seeing through our platform into those big companies. But yeah, our exchange is much smaller. It's starting to grow again now, which is really exciting to see. We've interestingly got a few quite good pharmaceutical options as well, or really innovating in that space. Uh, unfortunately, we have lost a few of the tech ones and the sort of ones like Rocket Lab over to the US or mm. some tech ones over to Australia. But we're really growing that again now. The big thing for the New Zealand exchange has been dividend yielding stocks and consistency. So there's also a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a real blue chip exchange, really, like some really good dividend paying stocks, reliable sort of through thick and thin. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I think particularly for people looking for yield and stability, the NZ Exchange or the companies that are listed here, whether you access them from Australia on the ASX or New Zealand, are really, really great companies for that. So can you give us some, and we are not a financial advice podcast, so please use a financial advisor, anyone out there, but can you give us some of the names that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So there's a company called True Screen, which is a company that's been on the exchange for some time now, actually. Uh, and like I say, it's a medical research company. And that's been around for 10 years, but it's recently got a new CEO and it has recently raised capital again. So it's, it's actually really early stage. And I know that Australia's got quite a few small companies on there, but I, I think in New Zealand, there have been examples of companies that listed much earlier. So that's just one example. But like I say, the big area for the New Zealand exchange is, is those dividend stocks. And, you know, I think the index approach is really good. It's also interesting to see how many people in Australia don't invest in the New Zealand exchange is one of those options. But the index, particularly our mid cap, has performed really, really well over the last few years. Okay. So why do companies list in New Zealand rather than Australia? Because it's pretty easy to do either one. I suppose what are the advantages of listing in New Zealand? And then also I'm interested in, in what's the advantages of actually buying on the NZX rather than the ASX from my point of view. Yeah, so from your point of view, I think, you know, speaking honestly, if the company is listed on the ASX or the NZX, there's probably not a lot of difference between what you're doing. In fact, yeah. for tax purposes and stuff, it tends to make sense that you do it on your local exchange and unless you're doing it some through some other sort of entity. What can I get in on the NZX that I can't really get on the ASX. So I certainly, mostly I would invest on the ASX simply because I'm a resident of Australia. It just makes it simpler. But there must be attributes of the NZX where if I invest on the New Zealand exchange, I'm getting stuff that's harder to find on the ASX. Yeah, so you're right on the export stuff and the agriculture. We have we have a really large export market. And I think one of the things that has scared a few people off investing into them is sometimes the currency. So yeah. the New Zealand currency right now, again, actually is quite high. But I think sometimes it's misunderstood that the companies are actually really well covered or hedged by the fact that they're primarily exporters anyway. The other really interesting ones, I think, are the infrastructure-based ones into New Zealand. So there is a, like I say, those those infrastructure stocks. The large ones, once again, are primarily in, available on the ASX as well, but it's really hunting those ones out as they come up in the early days they're available on the NZX. But the big thing is Australians, regardless of whether they're dual listed on ASX or NZX, just aren't tending to be investing in those companies as much as what we'd expect. Okay. And are you seeing a growth in retail investors? It's certainly anecdotally, the pandemic has pushed people to invest more on the retail side. Are you seeing that? Yeah, we are. So there's so Shearsies now has over 400,000 investors on the platform in New Zealand, which no one really got burnt like the New Zealand Stock Exchange with regards to 1987. And that was pure mm. attitudes based. Like people, it took 10 years for the market to recover. The US did it in two. And I think the Australia was something like three or four. Even now, actually, after the COVID, the NZX is still down year on year. And it's hard to see why that is when you look at Australia hitting new highs, I think again yesterday, and same with the US. So there's definitely just a slower pace to recovery here. So that's a really interesting opportunity for the Australian investors to look into. The other thing is there's not a lot of, for those who are investing in funds or, or like to diversify in that way, but there's not a lot of our NZX access through the ETFs in Australia. Ah. So that is one thing that I think people could be looking to the New Zealand exchange specifically for. Yeah, okay. Stay with me later and we'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Leighton Roberts, co-founder and co-CEO of Sharesies. 
Now, Leighton, your background's pretty typical or what you'd expect in terms of having worked at Kiwi Bank previously, but you're actually a musician in the New Zealand Army for five years. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit of a odd, uh, that's where I ended up after school. So I played the trumpet since I was about eight and spent basically my whole high school job just trying to get good at that. So yeah, I ended up in the Army as a musician. Pretty <laughs> unique job, but um, they were lucky enough to put me through university and that's where I got into finance. So before picking up. Oh, wow. And, and you also started a brew pub about the same time, which you're still a director of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm interested in my craft beer. And uh, who knows, maybe one day that'll be one of the options I'm um, bullish on on the NZX with the uh, with uh, getting, getting people investing into. But no, uh, Wellington's a very passionate beer place and um, I'm part of that too. I have been to a few places in Wellington and I would agree that their focus on beer I mean, their knowledge of it is quite amazing. Not like your typical pub in country New South Wales or Victoria, people are serious about beer in Wellington. Yeah, absolutely. I was a, a, with my time in Sydney. I was a, a, a little bit disappointed, I suppose, at some of what I got to experience around in the in the pubs. But uh, Wellington is really—I mean, it's a—it's a bit snobby on its beer front. Yeah. Look, the other thing about shares is I just want to mention it's a certified B corporation, meaning you meet the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, and that's all about balancing purpose with profit. Yeah. So uh, Ben and Jerry's are an example of that. Stone and Wood are another one. How does that work when you're an investing platform? Yeah, it definitely has an interesting compromise. So one of the things we considered in our early days, we've been going for just over four years now, was whether we would become a platform that was for sustainable or ethical investing. We felt like there was real, well, as we all know, there has been real momentum behind that. Yeah. But ultimately, there were six founders of Sharesies, and we couldn't really agree on what you know these ethics or sustainability measures might be and we would draw the line even between the six of us and then once we started to speak with other people that became even more gray yeah so yep. um ultimately we decided to become a platform of choice and we think that's the best place so we try to give people information with regards to the b corp it's yeah this, this purpose and profit jesus exists to create the most financially empowered generation we started when you know, the Australian and New Zealand media was all about um, where the house prices were going. Yep. Smashed avocado and toast was making too many headlines, in our view. Yep, yep. Um, and we were sort of classic millennials and thought, look, we, we feel like we can have a bit of both here and we shouldn't have to be left out. And, you know, there's just it's become such an intimidating world, the world of investments. So we've really welcomed this retail wave, I suppose, it's happened both of our countries and sort of globally over the last 12 months in particular with the access. And then the other thing is how we operate as a company, what the culture is when the company, the things we prioritise. But ultimately, we believe it's perfectly possible to be both purposeful and profitable. Yeah, absolutely. Leighton, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Sean. That was Leighton Roberts, co-founder and co-CEO of Sharesies. This is a Fear and Greed daily interview. Join me every morning for the full Fear and Greed podcast. With all the business news you need to know, I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day. Hold up. 